0: Hello, people. Welcome back to Dos Quirisanguilla. We are going to hit you with a continuation of last week's episode where we were talking about the diacritic symbols, the diacritic symbols, rather, uh, of Spanish and this how those change slightly the pronunciation. So last week we were talking all about the tildes, the accent marks specifically, and today we're going to talk uh, about a few things. We're going to talk about some diphthongs, triphthongs, but first we're going to talk about the dieticis or the umlaut. So let's get into it. Anyway, like I said, today we are going to start with the, the, the final diacritic symbol for Spanish, um, the one that we didn't talk about last week. And that is going to be the umlaut, as I like to call it. That's the word that they call it for German and then also for, uh, for English. But in Spanish, they call this diéresis. And if you guys are still wondering what this is, well that's where you've got those two fun dots over, over something like a U. So check that out. I thought, I'm sure we've seen that before and where might we have seen that? In the word Uber, not the German word, it means very. And anyway, you need the, uh, the symbol over there. But in Spanish, we need this for a totally different reason. So in Spanish, um, there's this letter that you see all the time. You might not realize how complicated it is. It's a G. There are a couple different ways to pronounce this. So a G with an A or an O afterwards or a U, it makes a it makes a hard G sound is what we call it. It's a, it's like a guh, But a G I or G E afterwards is gonna sound like ghi, so gigantesco, with a G-I, or gente, with a G-E. But, if we want to make the hard G sound with an I or an E afterwards, we have to put a U in between the G and the other vowel. So, for example, G-U-I or G-U-E would sound like G-E or gui and uh, do you have a show? Yeah, there you go. What, like, what am I talking about? Those Giddies seen Gia. Gia right there, it's got the G-U-I, so that sounds like instead of Gia, it's Gia. But you might be saying, I understand it now, why is Mike still talking? There's one more complication going on. If we put the two little symbols, those two little dots over the U, then we're actually going to pronounce it even one more different way. And that's gonna be like a gwe. That's gonna be like with a W, like the English W sound in between there. Um, And then my favorite, all-time favorite example of a word with the deities of the umlaut is, Andres. can you guess? Your favorite one with an umlaut has to be It's not vergüenza. It is vergüenza. (laughs) Vergüenza. Exactly. Andres hit the nail on the head. I think it's uh, it's the concept they talk about all the time in Spain. It means shame, to tener vergüenza. It means to be ashamed of something, to be, you know, a little bit uncomfortable doing it. I used to have vergüenza about my Spanish accent. Um, But anyway, if we check this out, if you zoom in on that, then you can see. Because we pronounce like the GUE with the W sound, we need the two, uh, the two little dots here, the umlaut or again the DIERESIS, over the U. Uh, and then, so Andres, can you tell us, what would the BERGUENTA sound like if we didn't have the two little dots over the U? Can you tell us? Wouldn't it be BERGUENTA? BERGUENTA, yeah, exactly. So that is what adds or subtracts the W sound in between there. And uh, that's all I got for the, the dieticies. Now you guys will be super experts on all the diacritic symbols. Diacritic? Diacritic? I don't know. Either diacritic. Way. Diacritic.
1: But, but I, I feel a little bit compelled to point out that I think that I actually made a mistake there, man. And I just, maybe I said it too uh, emphatically and then you bit the bait. It, wouldn't it be better,
0: bergenza? Like hente? No, that's without the U at all. Oh, okay. So that's just V E R G E N Z A, but with the U in there with no umlaut would be Bergenza. Yep. So Bergenza would be with no U. Verguenza would be with the U with the two di- the diacritic symbol. Bergenza would be the G U E, but no diacritic symbol over the top. Yet another example of a poorly guided Gary. (laughs) In keeping with the
1: the topic of pronunciation and the previous episode, um, and as Mike just detailed, today we're going to discuss something called dip songs, which are critical in pronunciation, as well as trip songs, and for that matter, all types of tantalizing lingerie. Let's get acquainted with a concept that, because of ignorance, I can't actually promise is like this in English, but... Definitely in Spanish, there are strong vowels and weak vowels. And this comes into direct play with this this chapter. So you have strong vowels, A, E, and O. Meaning the weak vowels, because there's only five in Spanish, are I and U. And you're gonna have to keep these buckled down. These two vowels, when they come together, are only going to form one syllable, which is not the case when we find two strong vowels side by side. They would be broken down into two syllables rather. To go a bit further with diphthongs, when you have the two vowels together, what you're going to do is put a bit of emphasis on the strong vowel. So let me say it and let's see if you can hear it. The word chaula, rather than saying chaula, you're focusing ever so slightly more towards the strong vowel being the?
0: Well, being the A, exactly. Well, let me ask you this. So for these diphthongs, do you need to have the the teal days over them to show which one is a strong vowel and which one takes the emphasis?
1: Actually, this is a great question. I'm glad you brought it up, bro. Heck no. If you were to do something like that, Without any rhyme or reason, you're just going to start throwing around accents. <laughs> you shouldn't even nah. What would happen is you end up causing the vowel to split and cause and have two syllables. So, nope. You want to say it as if it were one sound, only ever so slightly nudging in favor of the strong vowel. So, let's do it again. You have diciembre. It's not diciembre, but instead diciembre, mm-hmm. right? The tail swings towards the direction of the strong vowel being the E. And finally, you don't have to worry about it in the last case, right? Because it's weak and weak together, buitre. Mm-hmm. And that would be, in, in my best estimation, like a perfect blend.
0: Yeah, bui. It's not bui or it's not bui, it's bui. buitre. Heck yeah. Okay, so what
1: happens when two strong vowels sync up, right? I, I kind of let – or I mentioned this already. You have words like real, mediterraneo, poeta, poemio. Mear. Mear. Uh-huh. <laughs> good to squeeze that in. Uh, maybe we can take a break because I actually have to. Uh, they, they get split into two syllables. Allow me to elaborate with an anecdote when I was in area, So This is my first year living in Spain, my a full year abroad. And my roommate thought that this one chick was really attractive from his school. And her name was Paola, P-A-O-L-A. And I just didn't realize yet the importance of splitting up two strong vowels because for me, since there were two vowels side by side, I just, I had this propensity of wish washing them together and spitting out one syllable. So I would call her Paula and he really wouldn't understand me. And then one time, like we were out on the balcony and she was walking by and I'm like, there's Paula. And then he finally got it. He's like, nope, it's Paola." Paola. So like that, though it sounds subtle, Do make the effort to to differentiate between the two. All right. So guys, you've got diphthongs and they consist of two vowels and there's three different ways to form them. I think that's probably the best way to think about it. So the first one is strong vowel, weak vowel. So just for for reference, um, A-E-O, strong, I-U, weak. All right for the people really technically interested and they love that terminology, so it opens up uh, a way to dialogue about languages a bit better. They do have terms, and this would be known as a decreasing diphthong, uh, an example of which is haula, uh, and that's a cage. Or the reason that this word came to my mind is because it's the big, um, like apparatus in the gym that has the horizontal bars, a bunch of dip bars and pull up bars and whatnot. Uh, Something you would find like, I don't know, in Miami outdoors. Yeah. Uh, The next diphthong arrangement of two vowels side by side is weak vowel, strong vowel. That's known as an increasing diphthong. And you can see this in the example of diciembre, where the I and the E come together. And finally, there's the weak vowel, weak vowel combo, and I think this is called a homogenous dip song. Don't quote me entirely, I encountered that right before the episode. I was only 100% on decrease and increasing, but there's plenty of examples of it, one of which is buitre. And buitre is a, what is it? What is it? It's a vulture. It's a vulture. Vulture It's a buzzard, yeah. And it's also something you can call an older man who's in the bar, and he's just, like, a freaking talk. Uh, like um, a bald, older dude. Oh, that's funny. Yeah, he's just there to kind of creep and, like, look from afar and wait until something dead is playing. <laughs> that's actually a pretty good, uh, <laughs> I'd say that's a pretty good use of the word buitre. Finally, something called trip thongs, all right? Oh. I did the nailed down precisely what these were and so I, I knew about them since like first year but only because of the name and then since then I kind of just understood them in passing as three vowels that make one syllable but we went a little bit deeper and have unearthed the secrets of its songs and it was not pretty all right so in reality, it's not too much more complicated than that, but you need to know, it's kind of like a, a formula. A trip thong is indeed three consecutive vowels, but it needs to take on this form. It's gotta be very specific. Thong, weak vowel, just like that. And you're going to find three vowels together that aren't that, and they still are one syllable. The example being, again. But it's not a trip song. So this is a very pedantic game that we're playing here, getting into the weeds of terminology. But because they talk about trip songs, first year, people discuss them, like, like freely, like, like being gay and stuff, man. <laughs> I'm just playing around. You can talk about trip thongs, dip thongs, and all the good stuff. But... Um, we, I didn't know what they really were, and I just feel like it's worth clarifying precisely what they are. So an example is ioides. That's weak, strong, weak, i o i, and that's your hyoid, hyoid bone. Don't squeeze it when you try to pronounce it. <laughs> uh, then you have dividend the ice, right? That's i a i. So same formula. And then really where it comes up the most is in AR verbs in the present tense and when you're conjugating them in the second person plural. So that's being Um Outside of that, I think you guys should be taken care of in, in terms of umlauts, how do you use them appropriately with G, their purpose dip songs, trip songs, and as promised, that lingerie, baby. All right, guys, that's what's up. Stay in touch. We'll be around. Let us know if you want to hear something different. If not, we'll just keep on doing pronunciation. I'm only playing. I think pronunciation is a wrap, and we're thankful (laughs) for it. So that's everything from Dos Guides Singuia. Dos Guides Singuia.
0: Dos Guides Singuia. Pasta y huevos. (laughs) Pasta y huevos. (laughs)